Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on gotodobbs.com today. The Danny Mac Show with BK Podcast, powered by I Promise. Now, here's Danny Mac with BK. Arenado with a drive into left center at the wall. Gone! Four games in a row for Nolan. Two nothing Cardinals. And Sosa lifts it in the air out to right. That's trouble. That ball is down. One hop off the wall. A run will score. Molina to third. And Mundo Sosa makes it five nothing Cardinals. Cardinals hold on, 5-2. Gant gets the win. Alex Reyes, another save, another walk. But he did pick up a save. John Gant picks up a win. He's 3-3. It's the Danny Mac Show on a Wednesday following a Game 1 win for the Cardinals over the Pirates. And with BK and Tanner, I'm Dan McLaughlin. The text line is always open for you at 65780, Air Comfort Service text line. So when you lose three straight, the perfect concoction to get over that headache just welcome the pittsburgh pirates to town and the cardinals got it what i think has been their best pitcher this year and brubaker and made him work he had three walks hadn't been walking anybody good first inning good first uh, three innings in which they scored all five of their runs and first of all good morning to you and a 5-2 win for the cardinals yeah dan i don't know about you but for me i go pedialyte but the off brand that's yeah. my morning after concoction Understood. that i prefer to go with uh for the cardinals it appears that theirs is the pittsburgh pirates and let's be honest the rest of the leagues as well it was great to see it was just nice to see the cardinals kind of get back on track and it was all of the issues that we had seen previously suddenly go to the wayside. John Gant not walking quite as many batters. You see the the uh, way that they would like to use their relievers. You get Cabrera out there. You get Gallegos for multiple innings. Reyes closes things out. It just looked like a clean game, and I think a lot of that goes back to the decisions that Mike Schilt made pregame to put Edmundo Sosa in there at shortstop. I was very surprised that they went that route because Matt Carpenter is a lefty. They've got a right-handed pitcher starting for them. The Pirates did last night. And they decided, you know what? Let's get our best defensive infield out there behind John Gant. I thought it was the right decision. I was surprised to see it. It worked out really well for him. And when he's right, you're getting a lot of ground balls. Yep. And you saw ground balls early from John Gant last night. I'm a fan of Amundo Sosa. I think the guy can play defensively, especially. We'll see with the offense. I would be shocked if he's not back in there after what he did last night. Now, the guy that's doing it basically from day one is Nolan Arenado. Last 10 games, 405 home runs, eight runs batted in. You know, he has struck out a total of three times here in the month of May, and he is rolling offensively. Well, I just, you know, thank God it's working out right now, and the ball is going out of the ballpark, but I'm putting good swing on balls, and I'm staying inside the ball really well right now, and uh, I'm not chicken winging, I'm not dipping, and, you know, when they make a mistake, I'm taking advantage right now, you know, sometimes it doesn't work that way, but I'm just happy to hit the ball hard and see it leave the ballpark. Yeah, and right now, when you look at Nolan Arenado, he is putting up MVP numbers. You project out, we're just past the quarterway point of the season. We're talking about 35 40 homers 110 to 120 and runs batted in his current pace Dan 50 doubles 40 homers 115 RBI 50 walks and 85 strikeouts like those numbers are ridiculous that's an MVP yeah he also I thought this is where the Cardinals have 
in my mind, totally changed the complexion of the team with Arenado. So you mentioned clean game yesterday. There was a play on a bouncer up the third baseline. Looked like it may have nicked the bag, but you could see Arenado wasn't sure. Is this going to hit the bag? Is it going to go one way or another? It did take kind of a funny hop on him. He backhands, throws a bullet to first. Really tough chance for Goldschmidt at first base, and he picks it, which he always does. It's rare when he doesn't. And when you look at why teams are good and why teams don't win, it's little things like that. When you can make plays like that, and now I'm talking about two all-star caliber defensive players, two gold glove type players, I get it. But when you make plays like that, you win. And you, you look at what happened with the Pirates last night. They have the shift on what happens with Tommy Edmond, a bloop into left field that needs to be caught. Why, that, why that ball's are they be caught. Tommy Edmond? What's going on because here? Because I think the Padres did over the weekend, and he was 0 for his last 14 or 15. And against the Padres, that was the first team I had seen from the left side of the plate that had shifted against him dramatically. I call it a dramatic shift. When you're putting a shortstop either behind the bag or on the second base side, and your second baseman is in essentially shallow right field. Padres were the first team I remember doing that. So maybe it's recent bias. So you go with what was working. They got him out. And so you you did that, but it cost you last night. That ball's got to be caught. Now, I understand it was a long way to go for Eric Gonzalez, a third baseman. I don't blame him. The left fielder didn't get a great jump. He's playing probably deeper than he should because if you're shifting on him, that should tell you in the outfield maybe that you're playing in a little bit. I wouldn't play deep on Tommy Edmond, but he was deeper than he should have been. Ball's got to be caught. You get out of the inning, it stays 2-0. It's little things like that that show teams that win and the teams that don't. Yeah, it's as much about not losing as it is winning. And I know that sounds like such a strange thing to say, but we saw it early in the season when the Cardinals did not have Harrison Bader and Tyler O'Neill in the outfield in particular. There were defensive plays that just weren't made out there. And they extended innings. They upped the pitch count for the starters. They brought in the relievers you didn't want to see. And that's the formula to not win baseball games. And that's what the Pirates have been doing all season. That is what the Cardinals have started to avoid doing. And it's just when you've got guys like Arenado making the play that he did last night, you've got Yachty who just it doesn't matter what is being pitched to him right now. He's blocking everything in front of the plate. Like those are the little plays that need to be made that the Pirates aren't making. And the Cardinals are finding a way to make them. So I, I did a deep dive on the numbers. Oh, of I love it. John Gant prior to last night's start. He had faced going into the game yesterday 155 batters. Okay, 155. 66 of those batters reach base. That's about 43%. Way too high, but only seven of the 155 had scored. That's 5%. So he was playing and has been playing with fire all year. Going into the start last night, since 1920, and we talked about this on the game. Four pitchers with an ERA under two, which Gant had going into the game in their first seven starts, but a walk rate over 14%. That's extremely high. The names on that list, Nolan Ryan, David Cohn, Bob Feller, John Gant. So when you look at John Gant's year, and he may be looking at being out of the rotation potentially as we go along in this season, he's been really good. The problem is the walks have been really bad. The Cardinals had 26 walks over the weekend. That was the most in the three-game series by the Cardinals since 1900. So last night, John Gant, five and a third, five hits, two earned, and only one walk. Coming off of uh, a little three-game losing streak, you know, we had to to win that game tonight. So, uh, you know, I just tried to go out and do the best I could for the team, you know, put the team in position to win, and 
We got the W. Took a line drive. It was a hard hit ball off his wrist or his hand, and uh, it was his glove hand. Thank goodness it wasn't his pitching hand. They were going to take him out. Probably it, it made the decision really easily, easily done because Gregory Polanco was coming up. He was two for two against Gant. You had uh, Cabrera ready to go coming out of the pen, and hopefully you know, you always evaluate the next day. But he said he was okay last night. Now the Cardinals have a decision, BK, on what to do this weekend. Yep. So it was addressed before the game. John Mozalock talked about it, getting both Miles Michaelis and Carlos Martinez back. We were discussing our rotation earlier today. We have not finalized anything yet, but I would anticipate uh, both Miles and and Carlos likely being added to the uh, uh, rotation by early, as early as this weekend or something into early next week. And echoing those thoughts was Mike Schultz. So you're going to get healthier. They do have another stretch of 17 in a row coming up. Mike Schultz also talked about, you know, wanting to give guys a break as they can, as much as they can, when they can, when the games are, are packed in like they are because of the truncated season and just trying to be responsible to his players and his team. So we should see those guys return sooner rather than later, and it could be as soon as this weekend. Yeah, I fully expect them to go to a six-man rotation again. I think that's the way they're going to go about this. They've been going with five days rest all season. I think that's one thing that Cardinals fans need to keep in mind. This is not a change scheduling-wise. It's just a change in terms of, formatically, the way that it works. Instead of being an off day mixed in, it's just a pitcher that is starting that day. So it doesn't change a whole lot from their rest and uh, recuperation plans. I think they're going to go back to that. I think that's the way that John Gantz stays in the rotation. The big question, Dan, is after those 17 mm. days, then what do you do? And it's the old baseball cliche. These things, things have a way yeah, to work, work themselves out. out. I, I have a feeling it's going to be one of Carlos or John Gant that ends up kind of out of the mix at that point. Tyler O'Neill was not in the lineup last night. He has a fractured finger. Cardinals are hoping within a week it could heal potentially to where he could get back and get some ABs. If not, I think they're going to be careful with it. Also, it always depends on how you're playing. Where you're at offensively, are you winning games? Do you need to get him back in there? He's coming off a very good road trip, and Justin Williams did not look good last night. Oh. He had four strikeouts, so that's something of concern, I think, going forward for the Cardinals. However, you know, you think about, well, who would you bring up? Give me some – I'll tell you what's going on. For the Cardinals? Yeah. I mean, I don't see a whole lot of outfielders that I would bring up. Give me the Dean machine. <laughs> well, could be. I think that's that's an option. Um because four strikeouts and didn't look good on those. I think two of them, I mean, if not three of the four, were swinging. Is it lane time again? I think you got to give them a run, uh, see what happens there. Um, Scott Hurst, by the way, is on the injured list. So if you're thinking about the young man that came up prior to, what was it, three, two, three weeks ago, he's on the injured list right now. So that's something to think about going forward. I'm not sure what Dean has been doing. It, it has been great at last that's the check. end of the 40-man roster for the outfielders. Yeah. I mean, so. It's Bader, Carlson, O'Neal, Thomas, Williams, and then the two guys that are down right now that are on the 40-man currently are Hurst and Dean. Yeah. So that's something to not think a whole about. Lot of options for him. By the way, just one quick thing on Justin Williams. I think he's just a fourth outfielder. I think that's what he's going to yeah. be moving forward. He's been really good this year as a sub. He has an OPS over 1,100. As a starter on the season, he has an OPS of 465, which is terrible, and he's striking out uh, like one out of every two at-bats. So it, when he's coming off the bench, he's done really well because they're putting him into good situations. When he's starting, you get a little bit overexposed. And so I think moving forward, they found a role for him. It's just not the role that we saw him in last night. Yeah, and sometimes you need to give young guys a chance. And he's not all that young, but guys that have 
Uh, youthful experience is the best way to put it. Lack of experience at this level. And it's when you jump levels, too. But if they're going to be a bench guy, sometimes you got to go down and get at bat so you get back into a rhythm, which is something to think about. We don't know if the Cardinals would do that. But tough night for Justin Williams last night. Hopefully turns it around tonight. Matt Caps will be our guest. He's a former reliever of the Pirates. It's game two, the Pirates and the Cardinals tonight at 645. And Matt Caps is coming up next. This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. Catching up with Matt Caps, who's also a broadcaster with the uh, Pirates here momentarily, was a very good reliever uh, at the time with the Pittsburgh Pirates. So looking forward to visiting with him. It's game number two tonight, 645 at Bush Stadium. There was about, I think the official crowd last night, BK, was 14,005. My understanding is this weekend, there's going to be pretty good crowds, close to 30,000 at the ballpark. So looking forward to that. Let's say good morning to Matt Caps, part of the Pittsburgh Pirates broadcast team, longtime major leaguer. And hey, Matt, thanks for coming on 101 ESPN here in St. Louis. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. You guys doing good? We're doing great. How about yourself? Good. Very well. I'm actually uh, I'm sitting here with former Cardinal Shane Robinson right now. We have a, a lunch on Wednesdays that we try to get together. And um, <clears throat> so we're on East East Coast time. So Well, tell him, Dan McGlock, here. Is, is he right next to you? Sitting right next to me. Well, yeah, hand, him, hand him the phone, will you? <laughs> Hold on. Hello. Hey, Shane, it's Dan McLaughlin. How you doing? Good. How you doing, Dan? I'm doing great, man. What are you up to these days? <clears throat> well, uh, not a whole lot. Just kind of uh, retired pretty much uh, after this last year and kind of figuring out um, what's next for me and uh, enjoying some family life uh, at the current current moment. I, I can't believe that Florida State hasn't called you and said, you better get your butt back here and start working <laughs> with our guys. <laughs> I've, I've put out some feelers and, and things like that just to kind of see what's going on. But, you know, with COVID and all that, it's been, it's been kind of crazy and a uh, different landscape with in the baseball world, at least. So, um, you know, just trying to navigate that. But but it's been good to be at home and, and get some good quality time with the girls and, and the wife. Well, it's good to hear your voice. I feel bad if we don't talk to Matt Caps, but I'm going to book you for another show. So, hey, thanks for coming on, man. Good to yes, good sir, to hear your anytime. voice. All right, that's oh, a pleasure. You got it. That's uh, one of my favorites, man. Sugar Shane Robinson. How about that? What are the odds? We're I, I got Matt Caps, and it's like, hey, Shane Robinson's right across the table from me. Hey, Matt, uh, do you want to have a producer's role here at uh, 101 ESPN? We we yeah. do have a few extra dollars we can throw your way. Absolutely. You know, in in my area here, uh, just a little north of Atlanta, there's about a half a dozen former ball players that live right in this area. I was, I was telling somebody the other day on my son's baseball team, um, there's three kids that their dads played in the big leagues. My son, uh, Blaine Boyer's son, and Kelly Johnson's son. <laughs> Where else can you go that three kids on a nine, ten-year-old baseball team are going to have dads that they played in the big leagues. Well, when you're in that, what? Hey, when you're in that part of the the world, um, and I am curious about this. If you grew up a Braves fan, but when the Braves were were making that run, and you're looking at Glavin, Smoltz, Maddox, and all the division championships under Bobby Cox and a world title, and Chipper Jones, and all the great players they they had come through there. 
it's amazing to see the amount of baseball players that have come out of that area. It's it's just awesome to see how many baseball players. And I, I got to wonder if it's uh, because of the great run that the Braves had and the interest in Braves baseball at that time. Yeah, yeah I, I don't think it's because of the Braves. I, I did grow up a Braves fan, to answer your first question. Uh, and there was a lot of excitement around here surrounding the Atlanta Braves. But the uh, travel baseball was was kind of born in this area. The East Cobb travel baseball program um, was in its infancy when I was young. But, uh, you know, the guys that, that built that program and kind of funded all of that really kind of birthed the whole travel baseball and, and took it from American Legion and, and away from the post into, into what it's become now. Uh, and that's right here in our backyard. It's 15 minutes from where I live. It's you know, now five minutes from the new Braves ballpark, but half an hour from Turner Field when uh, when we grew up watching the Braves play. But, uh, yeah, this, this is just kind of an area that a lot of people settle to that were in baseball, and I think because of the airport more than anything. And now even, you know, my, my second career, the, the broadcast and being in the booth stuff, I can, uh, I can fly from – the airport in my city, really a direct flight to about any city in the world. Uh, but, you know, any city that has a major league baseball team that I would need to be at, uh, I'm a direct flight from. Hey, uh, so I think that's a, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. My apologies. Well, I was just going to say, I think that's why you see a lot of former and, and current athletes uh, live here in Atlanta. You've got the milder winter, but then also families can get established in schools and, and stuff like that and uh, the direct flight to wherever dad's playing. You mentioned the uh, broadcast that you're doing right now with the Pirates. What's that been like for you? I, I'm, I'm always curious for former players that get into the booth. Are, are you enjoying that part of things? Way more than I thought I was going to. Uh, actually having a blast with it. Uh, as you guys, I'm sure, know, there's a lot of really solid people in Pittsburgh and with that organization. And uh, it's the organization I spent most of my career with, so there's a lot of familiarity there. But um, I'm having a blast with it. It's nice being closer to the game and back involved with the game at that level. Um, involved here at a local level with people like Shane. And uh, we've got a little business thing going on where he takes care of the hitting lessons and I do the, the pitching lessons and coaching stuff at a little facility that we have. So uh, I've been around baseball since I retired, but it's uh, anytime you can be, in, be involved with the big league level. That's a good thing, right? Absolutely. Matt Caps is our guest, and he's done just about everything you can imagine coming out of a bullpen of a major league team and now with the broadcast team of the Pirates and the Cardinals and Pirates coming up at 645 tonight. Matt, I do the the Cardinals broadcast on television, been doing them almost 25 years, and i got to tell you, it, it the game is really easy up in the booth. i got to tell you that. It's really easy. <laughs> you know what? It, it, it definitely looks easy from that perspective, but I've I have not forgotten how difficult it is uh, hitting a spot, picking the right pitch, being in the heat of the moment and, and being able to, to remove yourself, step back and, and think through the, the process and, you know, make the right decisions. And, and listen, I thought I was a really good catcher and hitter in high school. And I was signed with LSU to go to college as a catcher and a hitter. And uh, I was such a good hitter that they drafted me to pick. <laughs> so I, I have not forgotten how hard hitting is. And, uh, you know, try to remember that as I'm talking about it and relaying what I see. 
But uh, it's, a, hey, it's the best seat in the ballpark, isn't it? You and, got that right. Hey, Matt, you had a pretty good velocity when you were throwing, but now, I mean, you see guys from every bullpen around the league that are coming out and they're throwing 98, 100 miles an hour, a lot of them from the left-hand side of things. But we've we've seen, especially over the last month or so, a whole lot of guys are getting hit by pitches. There's no command going on right now. Do you Have you noticed that as well? And um, you said you're doing a little bit of coaching on the side as well right now. How can we get back to guys having a little bit more command? Is there anything that the league can incentivize to get back to that? Well, I, that's for people a lot smarter than me huh. uh, as far as how they can incentivize getting back to that. But you know, I, I think at some point it's going to come back to the art of pitching. Um, it, I think we have so much more information and so much more knowledge as to why uh, we can quantify why a guy is good and why a guy is not good now. Uh, whereas back in my day and, and the generations before me, it was what we saw. Um, you know, this guy's throwing a fastball. He throws it up in the zone and guys just can't catch up to it. So he's got life. You know, well, now we look at it and we go, oh, he's got X spin rate, so it's going to run through the zone and it's not going to drop. Gravity doesn't have the same effect. And so we can quantify all that stuff, right? So I, I think where the problem lies <clears throat> is we look at what a guy can do in a bullpen and we say, okay, he's ready for the big league. He can go to the big league. He can get a big league hitter out right now because his spin rate, his whatever, is this much higher than uh, average. So we rush them to the big leagues and they get there. And what we, what we forget to look at is the person. And this is not a knock on anybody personally, but you get to the big leagues and now all of a sudden you're in a major league stadium. You're wearing the uniform of a team. You're, you're, you're doing something that you, you've only dreamed about doing. And the moment is big. The moment is that much bigger. So now, you know, effort increases, control decreases, um, the heart rate rises, all sorts of things happen. So we've, we've kind of strained, we've taken that process that was a hundred and something years in the making of the minor leagues and building guys up and, you know, taking baby steps. We're walking before we're running. And it's almost like we've thrown all caution to the wind. And I really, I, I think a lot of people are just trying to catch lightning in a bottle and they see, they see 95 to a hundred with whatever spin rate and, and life and other metrics that they can look at. And they say, this guy can get to the big leagues and can get somebody out. Never mind the fact that if he walks two guys, he's going to strike out the next three. Well, a lot of the people making these decisions, they don't have to get in that batter's box. Mm-hmm they don't know what it's like to see 95 coming at your nose. They, they have, and they never will have to understand what that's like. So they're making decisions without having to, like, there, there's no consequence um, with these decisions. If this guy doesn't pan out, you know what? There's 10 more in, in a ball in double a that have the same numbers and we'll, we'll just bring the next one up. So I, I don't know if I answered your question no, or you if did. I just rambled on, but that's, that's, those are kind of my thoughts on it. Hey, Matt, I, as a baseball fan, I'm so disappointed I, I can't watch Key Brian Hayes. He was my pick to be the, the rookie of the year. Uh, I think he's a fantastic player. He's going to be with Nolan Arnato probably 
back and forth in the gold glove competition if he is healthy enough to play. Um, So that is a bright spot for the Pirates. But if you're a Pirates fan and you're a broadcaster, you're trying to sell Pirates baseball, sell me on Pirates baseball. Why should I be excited about him? Well, you got to keep Brian Hayes that you just mentioned. Um, Your farm system is stacked with guys coming up that are, are the guys that I just mentioned that have all these metrics and tell us they should be very good major league baseball players. And they're in the lower levels of the minor leagues. We're not going to see them for two, maybe three years because everything that I'm, I'm hearing is going to be that process for these kids to develop. And there's opportunity uh, in the present and in the future. Uh, guys like Oviedo in our bullpen, uh, who's a young kid, got great stuff. He's, a rule five pick, so we, we hope to see him in the big leagues. And if, if there's going to be some some bumps and bruises along the way, uh, but the stuff plays for this kid, and there's an opportunity to send him down to AAA to continue his development process and have the confidence, that whatever confidence he will have built this year from being in the big leagues. And the goal is to have him, you know, start or have a more significant role. Uh, on this pitching staff in 23-24. The athletes that we have in our system, um, we don't don't just have a bunch of big power-hitting first basemen that that hit five-mile homers or strike out. We have athletes. Uh, We're stocked full of second basemen and and shortstops and center fielders that uh, can make the transition to other positions uh, if need be. There are also premium positions that organizations, when they look to make trades, when they, when they need that one piece and they need to go get it in a couple of years, they're going to have the prospects to make those trades and, and go get what's needed. Uh, so I think the, the plan is in place. I can't speak for what the plan was a few years ago, but everything I've seen from, from Ben Charrington so far, um, I really believe in the process that he's building and, and the culture that Derek uh, Shelton and the rest of the staff has put together has been infectious. I mean, I talked about it in spring training. I was only there for 10 days, but um, even with the COVID restrictions and not being able to go in the clubhouse and all that, there was a buzz about this team that made it fun to be around. And you guys will see, I'm sure you saw, you saw it a little bit in yesterday's ball game. They fell behind 5-0 and that, that ball game very easily could have been 2-0. Uh, with a couple of pop flies just falling in and uh, and things like that. But they've got some grind in them. The team never gave up. You know, and, and nothing speaks to that more than the game against Johnny Cueto uh, last week when the Giants were in town. They fell behind early by memory serves me. I believe it was six runs. And just grinded back and grinded back, came back, tied the ball game, and ended up walking them off. And this team just doesn't have any quit in them. You know, and you look at them there after last night, six games under 500, now six weeks into the season. Well, T. Brian Hayes has only played one ball game. Right. Our, both of our opening day starters, Stephen Brault and then Chad Cool, um, Brault getting hurt before the season. He was going to be the opening day guy. And then Chad Cool was the opening day guy. Well, he's made one start. Uh, Brault's made no starts. So they're doing all this without the guys that were supposed to be the guys this year. So 
hey, I, I'm excited to be to be a part of it and to have a front row seat. I think uh, I think we're we're going to see some kids in the next second half of this season and next year they're going to come up. There's going to be some bumps and bruises along the way, but we've got some guys that can really play ball. Matt Capps, former major league reliever joining us here on 101 ESPN for just another couple of minutes. Matt, my final question that I had for you, I wanted to get your thoughts on what is probably the biggest story in baseball right now coming out of Chicago with uh, the 3-0 pitch, ninth inning, the uh, White Sox up 15-4 to against the Twins, and their young designated hitter who's been great this year, Mercedes, swings away, ends up hitting a home run. Uh, Tony La Russa has been very critical of that decision, both last night and then this morning. He's doubling down on that um, belief as well. Uh, wh- I'm curious from your perspective, Matt, as, as a former reliever, what do you think of Mercedes' decision to swing there? And what do you think about his manager now coming out uh, cr- criticizing the young kid for doing so? Listen, Tony La Russa and the success and, and what he's done in this game, I'm not going to second-guess anything he says or does, period, bottom line. Um, more respect for that guy and the career he's had. <clears throat> With that being said, a couple of things. My thoughts as a pitcher, if I don't want a guy to swing 3-0, don't get to 3-0. Um, another thought on this particular situation, uh, once we get a position player in there pitching, I think any of the unsaid, unwritten, whatever rules, however you want to word it, <laughs> they go right out the window. Mm-hmm. I got a position player in there pitching. This game's over. Um Hey, you want to swing away, swing away. Yep. But it's just, I don't know. I, I, I don't take all that. Um, I, I, I don't want to say it this way, but I don't take all that stuff that seriously. At the end of the day, we're playing a game. Um, it's my job to get you out. It's your job to try not to get out, uh, to do some damage. And I just put you in a good situation to do damage by going three up. You know, I mean, you're going to give me a chance to get back into it? Fine. You're not? That's your job. Your job is to get a hit. And at the end of the day, that kid is going to, at the end of the season, he's going to look up at the back of his baseball card, and not a single person's going to look at his home run total and go, oh, you got to subtract one out of it because yeah. it's real homer. Not That's a right. single person. So I don't have an issue with I also don't have an issue with, uh, with La Russa. You know, saying what he's saying and all that stuff. But I don't know. The game's changing. Uh, it's changed a lot just in the time since I've been there. Um, but let the kids play. I also heard a story uh, about it was Asudio, right? They gave up the homer. It was yeah. yeah. They they grew up together or knew each other as kids. Yep. Or something along those lines. Come on. If I've got one of my buddies from my sandlot <laughs> or, or whatnot, and I'm, I'm standing in the box 3-0, I don't care if it's 100 to 1. I'm, try, I'm trying to embarrass. I'm trying to get you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and, and same thing. If, if you're up there and, you know, you're struggling, there's no freebies in baseball. You would I'm take Shane. Hey, you would take Shane Robinson. That's deep. right. <laughs> yeah. I, I would in a heartbeat. Absolutely. That's yep. the way it is. No heartbeat. That's right. 
I, I'm with you 100%. I think it's 100% right. Hey, Matt, it was great to, to hear your voice and to catch up. I, I catch you guys on your broadcast. You do a phenomenal job, so continue the good work there. Uh, and good luck with the Little League stuff, and thanks for uh, booking Shane for us. Yeah. That was great, too. So we, we got a lot out of you, man. This is great. So Absolutely. Hey, th- oh, I loved it. Thanks for doing it. Really appreciate it, and enjoy your lunch. All right, guys. Thank you. You got it. That's Matt Caps, the former reliever of the Pirates, and um, – Good guy, as you can tell. I had a chance, he wouldn't remember it, but I had a chance to visit with him on a few occasions. And oh, just like that, just first class, yep. you know, has a great perspective on the game. That's why I love when Tanner gets these guys that have been in the game a long time, especially if they're bench players. Like you guys had Skip Schumacher on, who maybe started one or two years out of his 10. Matt Capps, long careers reliever. Zach Duke yesterday. They they just have great perspective on the game. I love it. And I want to get your perspective on what happened with the White Sox, yeah, Dan. I'd, I'd get love into to that. get into that with you because I'm I'm imminently fascinated by this. And I think that the winds are trending in a direction that is going against what TLR has been saying. Totally and agree. in favor of what we just heard there from Matt Capps as well. Yep, we'll do that coming up. This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. We don't need a pitch clock for Astadio. Oh, he loaded up. Mercedes tattoos it to center. It is gone. There you go. A 3-0 swing. And it's 16-4. to At the time, 15-4 to position player in. Just what we were talking about. Welcome back to the show. Danny McTanner, BK. And then after the game, TLR, Tony La Russa asked about Mercedes. Was it a mistake, a mistake to swing 3-0? You know, George, given the takes, I, I just think Ermin was locked into he and Estudio. You know, they, they know each other from different comp- uh, competitions. And he was locked in, and really, what he just—I got to get him, I got to get him. But he—he he missed a three-zero hit sign. It's not over. That's just sportsmanship, respect for the game, respect for your opponent. He made a mistake. There'll be a consequence that he has to uh, endure here within our family. You know, it won't happen again because you know Joe will be on the lookout, and I will be too, and we'll go running in front of the pitcher. We have to. So then, after that, Mercedes came up the next day. Oh, see now, he threw it, Mercedes. That, look, that's from last night. Duffy threw it, your mean Mercedes. The umpires are going to come in and talk it over. We had a feeling this might happen. Let's make sure none of these shenanigans continue because baseball is supposed to be fun, and why can't we just go ahead and play baseball? Tony DeRusso's reaction to that. I drew a sinker, and I oh, wasn't that suspicious. I suspicious somebody goes in somebody's head. And then I'm not suspicious. I don't have a problem with how twins handle that. Okay, a lot to get into on this, BK, and I'm with you. I had no By the problem. Way, can I add one more thing? Yeah. So Lance Lynn came in afterwards yesterday after he threw last night. He was a starter in last night's game and basically said, hey, when the other team brings in a position player, all bets are off. Absolutely. Swing for the fences. They, the other team has raised the white flag. Then TLR this morning came out and said, that's why Lance is at a locker and I'm in an office. Yeah, I don't agree with it, and I, I love Tony. I think Tony's the best ever at what he's done, but don't get to 3-0, and as Matt Cap said. Position players pitching, I'm with you. I think all bets are off, and it's fun for the fans. 
Like as much as the Cardinals were getting beat up on Saturday, I still enjoyed watching Matt Carpenter pitch. And if he was going to give up five bombs, I was fine with it. Absolutely. I don't care. It was fun. Um, Mercedes is a young player. He's just establishing himself in the game. So if he's got a chance to pad some stats, he's putting food on the table. He's trying to make sure he's padding the stats in a personal level. And he's in the MVP race right now. He's not just a guy. He's batting 370 on the year. Um, The thing is about Tony, too, is that he's always there to protect his players. And when you go out publicly and make the statement that we're going to address this, you're not really protecting your player. You're saying, I'm pretty upset with my guy, and you've just made that public. Now, the only thing that I would say in Tony's favor on this is that he gave him the take sign. That is a player that's saying, I'm not listening to my manager, and in a way, disrespecting him by swinging 3-0. and If he had a take sign should probably take it i'm just saying from the position of i don't care if it was a one-run game if he gave you a take sign you you take it that's what he wants you to do you do it so that's the only thing that i see that would have been a mistake on mercedes side but to the big picture of three and oh position player on there let him swing away let him hammer at it let's have a little fun with it this all reminds me so much of i think it was last year jace tingler came out after the fernando tatis he was swinging 3-0 ended up hitting the grand slam right And Tingler came out afterwards and he was like, hey, that's not what we're trying to do there. We're not trying to show anybody up, blah, blah, blah. Don't go to 3-0. I'm with you. Tingler since then, and I've heard a lot of interviews with guys that cover um, Kevin Acey, who covers the the Padres, has talked about this a lot. Since that moment, it was a real turning point for Jace Tingler in the way that he talks about his players publicly. He has now gone in the total opposite direction where he's always going to have his players back. And sometimes, maybe even in a way where it's like, come on, man. Like, really? But... That's what you have to do as a manager. You got to have your players back, especially publicly. Privately, you can take care of this stuff. If TLR is furious with one of his players for what they've done on the field, take care of that in-house. You don't need to be airing that dirty laundry out in the public, especially in Chicago, especially with the way that things have gone for TLR since being hired by the White Sox. I got nothing but respect for the man. He is an unbelievable baseball person. I do not think he has handled this particular situation very well, and he's bringing unju- unwarranted criticism on himself. Yeah. It's just he's had a misstep where it's like this is you're winning. The team is playing really well right now. There were 10 games above 500 prior to last night. They lost last night. They're a legitimate World Series contender from the American League. And, and all doing of it this, with two key injuries, too. And all of this is just a sideshow that's completely unnecessary. A uh, couple other baseball notes. Mike Trout is going to miss four to six weeks. I hate that. I love watching him play on base percentage for Mike Trout this year. 466 which is first in the game, is slugging percentage second best, 624. And, you know, we talk about launch angle and all that stuff. By the way, Mike Trout was putting together his – I was doing the numbers last night late because that's what I do. Um, He was putting together his best – and I think all the years he's had, he's been the best player in the game. All these great years for a decade. This is his best year in line drive percentage. Wow. Not launch angle, line drive percentage. Let's hit some line drives. I'd like to to see him play, and I want to see him play every day. And as Tanner mentioned in the update, the fifth no-hitter already in the baseball season. He's done it! Spencer Turnbull throws <laughs> the eighth no-hitter in Tigers history! And BK six, just said to me, six, it's six. No-hitter. You gotta, yeah, you got to include Bumgarner. <laughs> How about that? Six. All right, so who's your bet to get a, a Cardinal no-hitter? Uh, Jack Flaherty, I think he does it tonight. 
they're going up against the Pirates. Like this is this is your chance right here. Jack Flaherty, Clip by the off. way, has been fantastic. Clip that this off. Season. My pen. Ten fifty-four, fifty seconds. BK claims Jack Flaherty no hitter. He gets roughed up tonight. It's a BKO for oh, sure. Yes. Come on, I'm not taking that. This is the curse of BK. Do you know Jack Flaherty's on pace right now to be the first Cardinal starter not named Adam Wainwright to win 20 games in a season since Chris Carpenter in yes. 2005? Yeah, it's pretty amazing. 15 years since the the last time that a non-Wayno starter did that. It's incredible, and he could go to 8-0 tonight, so looking forward to that. That'll be at 645 at the ballpark. You've got Alex Ferrario coming up. We've got Blues Hockey coming up tonight. Pre-game is at 830. Oh, yeah. We got a late one tonight, Danny Mac. I'm going to be able to watch basically the entirety of the Cardinals game before, I, hopefully, fingers crossed, the entirety of the card. It's going to be because no hitter, it'll go quick. Uh, the entirety of the Cardinals game before the Blues tonight. It's going to be great. buddy. That's for pregame. Puck drop at 930. Oh, so it's an hour long pregame. <laughs> oh, yeah. So 930, the puck drop. Yeah. So Bally Sports Midwest Plus plus channel tonight you can watch baseball i don't think they even needed to do that they could have just set, got... set them on the same and then put the post game show over on plus now hold on did you see the san diego series yeah but i told you it's gonna be a no games. hitter no hitters oh, okay. go quick man i guess it's gonna be such a bko <laughs> flair's gonna go like one inning and i give up 10 because bk's over here talking about a no hitter uh three one four i wish bk would just stop jinxing our best starter uh a lot of people not happy with bk right now you've jinxed it this is where I'm at, man. This is <laughs> this is where I'm at in my life. What's coming up on your show? Looking forward to it. We've got Jeff Bannister, former Major League Manager. He was 2015 AL Manager of the Year. Spent about 20 years inside of the Pirates system, coaching, managing, doing something within the minors or the majors. So very excited to talk with Banny coming up at 12:15, and we will begin with where we started, Dan. The Pirates, God, what an elixir for the Cardinals. Just everything that was going wrong is no longer going wrong for them. Nope. That's uh, coming up next on BK Ferrario Tanner. Next three hours leading you into the fast lane and then all kinds of blues coverage up until 8.30 pregame, 9.30 puck drop, the blues and the avalanche on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. Peloton, let's go. This holiday... With the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes. From running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com home dash trial. Peloton. Motivation that moves you.